Father, indeed, we thank you so much for um, this day. As we have already prayed multiple times, thanking you for the gift of motherhood. And we thank you all the more um, for being a father's to us all. You're the God of all creation. Father, I want to lift up um, whoever the mom is, um, grandmother, um, here in the community where you have sent us to plant this church. And we know that um, um, in many communities like Fairfield and all over America, there is a constant hostility that happens among the fatherless, and in many cases now the motherless, and don't know the young man. We may know him, but it seems that someone's life was taken a few hours ago at the gas station. And, and while we're here um, opening up your word, we want to be mindful of that mom right now who is groaning in agony and pain um, for the loss of a son. We ask that you would comfort them and comfort all those who are connected and those who are close by. And Lord, we pray in the days to come that you would come through Fairfield and that those young men with hearts would be transformed by this truth that we are partaking of today and that they too will be sitting in the house of the Lord testifying to the goodness of you and your mercies. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We'll stand. Let's reading of the word. We're in Romans chapter 12. And um, the guy's got a, um, well, the word is the word. It's good. And it's expository. We're not jumping around. It's not me. It's God's word that's directing um, the message. And that's important. Here we go. Romans 12. It said, bless those who persecute you and bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another and do not be proud. Instead, associate with the humble and do not be wise in your own estimation. And do not repay anyone evil for evil. Give careful thought to do what is honorable in everyone's eyes. And if possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Friends, do not avenge yourselves. Let me read that again. Friends, do not avenge yourselves. Instead, leave room for God's wrath because it is written, vengeance belongs to me and I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For in so doing, you will be heaping fiery coals on his head. And do not be conquered by evil, but conquer evil with good. The grass withers, the flower fades. You may be seated. There's a lot of meat, lots, lots of meat in this text. And, and because I'm not Hussein Bolt, I'm in no hurry. And I pray and hope that you're not in a hurry. <laughs> so therefore, I'm only really going to deal with one verse here today. 
but um, you can just let it be known that this sermon in this part of the text is it's I mean, it couldn't be coming at a better time. And so this is why we love here at Urban Hope Expository Preaching, which is line upon line, text upon text. And we're walking through the books of the Bible. And so this is how I tr truly believe. Um, um, I love it. Love expository preaching. It's, it's good. It's been a true blessing to me. But here we go. I said on last week that the church, the family of God, that it is a supernatural entity that has been brought about by the power of the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And throughout this Roman sermon series, which I've called in the beginning God's message to the world and now God's message to the children of God, I have made this point over and over again that all mankind was born into a state of what we call spiritual death, Jew and Gentile, all in between. And spiritual death is, is which is separation of the soul from God. A person is alienated from the life of God. There is no Zoe, as we say here. There is no spirit within them or the spirit of God. They are dead people walking, looking like they're alive. And the act of regeneration, or the term being born again, if you've been in a good old Southern Baptist church, that's what you hear, be born again. But we say more regeneration or rebirth, however you like that term, that that act is a divine, supernatural, sovereign act of God's divine choosing and election. It's not of the will of man, of a woman, of a mother, but it is of God. Jesus himself speaks to this in John chapter 3, verse 7 and 8, when having a discussion with a Pharisee and teacher of the law named Nicodemus. And in verse 7, Jesus says, Nicodemus, do not be amazed that I've told you that you must be born again, Nicodemus. Verse 8, he says, Jesus says, the wind blows where it pleases and you hear it sound. But you don't know where it comes from or where it is going. Here's what Jesus says. And so it is with everyone born of the spirit. The wind blows here and there. You don't know where it's going. And Jesus says, and so it is with everyone who's born of, of above. Born again, made alive. So salvation, brothers and sisters, is a divine, supernatural, sovereign act of God, which is summed up in this way. And here it is. We've been reading it in Romans 12, 2. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we're in Romans chapter 12. In view of the mercies of God, God's mercies to you and I. And what Jesus Christ has come and accomplished by choosing and calling us out of Egypt. 
We can't get out of Egypt by our own strength. Egypt is us dead in our sins and trespasses. We're dead. We're doing our double dead. But because of the mercies of God, we have been called out of Egypt. And Romans 12, 2 says, in view of the mercies of God, Paul tells us in Romans 12, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. And Paul says, and this, my brothers and sisters, is your true worship. Now, as a response to this divine mercy that you and I have received, Paul in verse 14, he echoes and exhorts Jesus' own teaching from the Sermon on the Mount, which I had Chad read. Bless those who persecute you. Stop. I mean, I can just stop right there and just preach 200 sermons. Because I know ain't nobody, and that's not good English, but ain't nobody in this room. Once you understand the word bless here in this context, it's going to bless your enemy. <laughs> You're going to bless your master and oppressor, whoever it is. Bless and do not curse. So I want to set this up, you know, because, you know, that's what I keep saying. This, this, this Christianity, man, I just don't know if people really know what they know. Let me tell you something. I'm 55. Be about to be 55. You know, I like to speed my time up. I don't know about y'all. Some of y'all like to say, how old are you? You're 35, but you're saying you're 28. That's not me. I like to skip it. I like to round it up. <laughs> so if I'm 28, I was saying I was 33. You know, just, I don't know. It just kind of helps me out, Said. <laughs> so even though I'm 54, I'll be 55. But, you know, you, know, you don't want to be doing this right here, man, unless you really know what you know, what you know you've been called. I'm one of the people that God had to just basically put out his holy belt from on high and spank me up here. I tried to tell God in every which way I could, God, I don't want to do it. Find somebody else. So if you're going to do this, man, you better know what you know, that you know, that you know, that you know what you're saying. Because this I said on last week, this is serious business. And so here I want to preface something before I go on to my sermon. I will promise you as a pastor here today, that we as human beings who all fall short of the glory of God, God's standard of righteousness, that you and I, and I say it slow, that you and I will not be able to bless those who persecute us. Some of us have a hard time blessing those who we do love. I know you ain't going to bless somebody you don't like. <laughs> Especially when you add the ethnic stuff on top of it. Come on, bless the police. Oh, my God. Go up to your BLM and say, bless the police. Or anybody. Bless the police. Bless the judge. So I would guarantee you that nobody here today would not be able to bless those who persecute us without us being a genuine, authentic soul that has been regenerated by the Spirit of God, born of God, born from above, Jesus says in John 3. And so here's my point. If you ever 
wanted to know whether being a Christian is a divine, supernatural act of God. Then try blessing your enemies. Now, just, just for, for, just for um, exercise. Come on, Holy Spirit, help me with this thing. Just take somebody you just don't like. Could be anybody. And, just, and you just want to pray. That, see, you say, Pastor, I don't even want to go there. If you ever want to know if Christianity is a divine supernatural act of God, and then try blessing your enemies without God in the equation. And what you will find out, it can't be done. And the enemy blessing his enemy. So we read the Bible fast. And what is this work that God has done in his divine mercies? And then how should we live as Christians? There's not a person in this room outside of God can bless their oppressor, can bless their enemy. Not me, not you, not any of us. So why would Paul even echo the words of Jesus here in Romans chapter 12? That's humanly impossible. It's like taking the Palestinians over there in Israel and, and having them bless Israel. And Israel blessed them. The Muslims against the Christians, the Hindus. That's impossible. How could they do that? How can they do that? This is how you know Christianity is something else. And so Paul here in this verse is is exhorting Christians in Rome and everywhere else and from all times who constantly live under the pressure and the persecution of the world that seeks to conform us to their way of thinking, to their customs, to their beliefs. And Paul says to that world, to you and I, to those who seek to persecute us, do us wrong, and they do. I'm going to get to that. And they do us wrong. And I'm going to show you why they do us wrong. Paul says to bless them. This context here is in the context of the world. Paul is saying, bless them. Do not curse them, but bless them. So the question is, why are people persecute us Christians, those of us who seek to follow the Lord? And so this is my first slide. I'm going to walk through it very slow. And this is why taking the time reading the Bible and teaching, it all makes sense. I'm not just grabbing scriptures out of the thin air. Paul says to bless them that persecute you. Don't take revenge and all of the above. I'm not going to get to it today, but I'm just going to stick with verse 14. And so here, Paul, Jesus says, if the world hates you, he says, Jesus says, I want you to understand, Christians in Rome, understand that at first, Jesus says, it hated me before it hated you. The reason that it hates you, because it hates me. It's not hating you just because you look good, you got a lot of money, you got a lot of bling. It's not because of that, Jesus says. 
It's hating you because you're loving me. And you didn't love me until I first loved you. I'm getting ahead of myself now. So that's a, you know, she says, don't get it twisted. They're not hating you just because you look good or because of your skin color or anything else. It's hating you because of me. No matter what color you are, if you follow me, that world, that cosmos, Jesus says, that system of arrangement, it will hate you. He said, if you were of the world, Walk, talk, quack like the world, sing the world, love the world, then the world will love you. Hey, it's like the wind to your back. You get voted in, you get the best jobs, you get tenure quickly. (laughs) You you, you come out, you get celebrated all over the Twitter. Nobody speaks ill of you. The world says, go ahead, come on up, do your thing. (laughs) He says, The world will love you as his own. However, Jesus says, however, because you are not of the world, you've come out of Egypt. (laughs) You come out of Egypt. I've chosen you out of Egypt because you are not of the world, but you've been chosen. See that? You've been called out. You've been summoned out by the grace of God. Through the power of God, through the love of God, and the election of God. You didn't just walk out, you was called out. And so I've chosen you out of it. Jesus says, the world hates you. Hates you. Next verse. Remember the word, Jesus says. I spoke to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, Here it is. (laughs) Persecute. Jesus said they persecuted me. That's why I should make a song like that. Greg, you should make that song. We should say, if they persecuted me, that should be a song. Put a good beat to it. I don't know how I can praise people who sing songs like, (laughs) if they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. Jesus says, remember this. They persecute me, they're going to persecute. But why? Why would the world, I mean, we, look, we just, we are nobodies down here in Fairfield. You know, we, who are we? We got some hairdos, you know, dreads, you know, some nice little glasses on. But we, we, we ain't nobody up here, no, you know, we ain't no Bill Gates. I, man, I, I could be a lawyer in that lawsuit. <laughs> Been, if I was a lawyer in the world, I'd be in there rubbing my hand like Birdman. Y'all know rapper is. Because like, I'm about to get some money. <laughs> Both of y'all billionaires, billion for you, billion for you. Just pay me, I'll make it easy for y'all. <laughs> that lawyer up in there, man, whoever they are, they be like, man, Bill Gates and Melinda Gates? Man, we're going to make some money. But we ain't got no kind of people sitting up on us. So who are we? Why are they persecuting us? And Jesus said, if they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But they will do all these things to you on account of my name because they don't know the one who sent me, which is the Father. Next verse. If I had not come, Jesus, if I had not come into this, this world, this fallen, de- decaying world, If I did not come, 
and spoken to them, Jesus says, they would not be guilty. Here's why, since we got to watch the world. See, the world, they don't like this three-letter word. That's why you want to build a quick church and get a lot of people showing up. Just take this three-letter word out. They don't like that word sin. The world, see, the world don't like that. But Jesus, if I didn't come and I hadn't spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. Now they have no excuse for their sin because I showed up. <laughs> and Jesus said, because I showed up. And now they have no excuse. And then he says in verse 23, and the one who hates me also hates the father. What is Jesus saying? Keep going. He said, if I have not done the works among them, he came preaching, sermon in the mount, going to the cross that no one has done, they would not be guilty of sin. Now they have seen and they have hated both me and my father. But this happened so that the statement written in the law might be fulfilled. They hated me for no reason. Next verse. Is that it? Verse 26. I'll just leave it right here. But they hated me for no reason. Had Chad read that verse from 1 Peter. Jesus said, I didn't do any wrong. I was an innocent man. But they hated me for no reason. What is Jesus getting at? This is why, guys, if you preach that gospel, there's a, there's a, there's a, the gospel points out something. People know inherently that Jesus is, was an innocent man. They, 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 that cross to a world that's in their sin, it, it presents something to them. Why did an innocent man die? So they know they're not righteous. And so when you preach the gospel, a righteous man dying for the ungodly, that does something to your human heart. Why did he suffer? That's why when they did that movie, um, The uh, Passion of the Christ, people who were not even Christians, when they saw that movie, even when they watch movies now, they can't understand that. Why is that innocent man dying? The gospel, it brings out that we are sinful. And that's what the world doesn't like. And because we are of Jesus, you're a Christian. You come to a party. You're not even trying to say anything, but just because you're there, they just think you're judging them of their sins. And you're just like, man, I'm just trying to, I went to school with you at college. I'm just trying to be a good friend, a good neighbor. Like the commercial said, I'm trying to be a good all-state neighbor. But they're like, no, you're doing something to me. I just know you're looking at me funny. No, I'm not. And because that's in the atmosphere, Jesus says, because we are of him, they will not like us. And there is something about the suffering and the death of Jesus and his innocence that pricks the conscience of all humans. That's why we preached that gospel. It does something to the human heart. And so when I say that Christianity is a supernatural and otherworldly, this is what I mean. Because Christianity and what Jesus calls us to, you know it's got to be supernatural. Jesus and Paul tell us to bless. 
The word bless here in Romans 12, 14, it means to invoke. Now think about the people you just don't like. Some of y'all might have ex-girlfriends, ex-boyfriends, just ex-anything. <laughs> this word bless means to invoke God's blessings on someone. We petition God to give them a flourishing life. Now just think about what you see going on in the general Christian world and tell me whether or not you see this kind of heart posture among believers, invoking the blessings of God that that person may, may, may flourish, having an abundant life, a fruitful life. It's a, it's a form of prayer and, and asking God to give those who persecute you a, a flourishing life. They're persecuting you. They're trying to kill you. They're, they're, they're trying to cut your business out. And you go in your prayer closet and you get down on your knees and you say, Father, I ask that you bless so-and-so, that they life would flourish and that they have your blessings upon it. You are, you are asking God to give them a flourishing life. You are asking God to intervene in their lives. Those who are our enemies and you're asking God to save them. What kind of Christianity are we in? <laughs> man, I'm just starting to say, man, God, like, I got a lot of work, bro. This is where, oh, Jesus helped me. Asking God to intervene in their lives of our enemies and to save them and to bless them that they flourish. Some of you is like, man, I'm trying to flourish. I ain't asking God to bless my enemies. Especially if they're trying to hurt me and my family. And you would say, what kind of God are we serving? Let's be honest. It's a natural reaction. It's a natural thing to react and to want to take revenge and to curse people that, who are our enemies. That's in all of us. That's not your first thing, man, I just got ran off the road, let me just say a prayer for that person, come on. I just got fired. I just got downsized. I just got what, 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 whatever. Somebody, my husband, wife just left me, took the kids, went and married my best friend. And I'm supposed to get down on my knees and ask God to bless them. That's why Paul says, don't take revenge, because he, he knows us. Jesus knows us. So what's going on here that Paul is telling the Christians <laughs> to bless them that persecute you? What is Paul getting at? Because it's so easy to curse because the opposite of bless is curse, which means to invoke God's judgment on one who has wronged us. And I know I'm going to ask hands, show of hands, how many of you have been wronged by people, whether Christians or non-Christians? You would say, 
a lot. So what is Paul getting at? What is the Lord after to call Christians to such a high calling? That we will get to a place that we would call down and invoke blessings instead of cursings upon someone, especially those who are trying to hurt us. The world. Like Christians in Canada are being arrested because they're just trying to meet. So what's, what is Paul after? Well, my next slides and I'm coming to a close. Um, what's Paul after? And what is God after in our hearts here today that, that he's asking you to bless them, those who persecute you? You know, this week, um, Monday, I think it was Monday. No, it was Tuesday. You know, God is doing a lot in my life. So I came home on Tuesday night and I was, I was filled up with the Holy Ghost, filled with the Spirit. Couldn't stop singing, came in the house. I had my headphones. Sandra said, what? You know, she's, she's like, man, I know you caught up in some kind of glory, but you ain't not Marvin Sapp. <laughs> she didn't say that, but she looked at me. Dion, that was all Jeremiah. Like, what are you doing? And I was just singing. I was just worshiping God because I wouldn't care about what nobody thought about my bad voice. It was just me and God. And I was saying, Yahweh, Yahweh. I was just singing it, Yahweh. And I don't know, the spirit of God must have led me to this text and, and Man, it just really touched me more. And, and just, man, bless your enemies. Bless those who persecute you, do you wrong, oppress you. God, come on. That's, that's, a, that's a high, guys, let's be honest, that's a high calling. And so let's read this text. John says, for this is the message. What message? that you've heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We've been talking about all this love. Paul starts out, love without hypocrisy, because God is love, love is of God. Then verse 12, it says, but unlike Cain, I said, and that's why I said, God, why is Cain mentioned here? Why, why, are you, why is John under the superintendent of the Holy Spirit puts Cain in this text? He says, we are to love one another, but unlike Cain, who was of the evil one, the devil, Satan, and he murdered his brother. So obviously, Cain is not trying to hear this blessing stuff of my enemies. Cain said, no, I don't like you. I'm killing you. I'm murking you. I ain't trying to forgive you. I'm trying to take you out. There is going to be no reconciliation with the Cain types. And so John puts Cain in, in the text to help us understand as Christians. He said, unlike Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother, biological, same mom, same dad, brother. And why did he murder him? John said, why did Cain murder Abel? Because his deeds were evil. Remember what Jesus says, I've come in the world, I've come to expose the darkness, but people won't come out of the darkness unless their, Jesus says in John 3, unless their evil deeds will be exposed. And Cain had evil deeds within him, and he was evil. 
And his brother was righteous because Cain, by faith, he offered unto God a better sacrifice. We are not better people because we're better. We have just been called out of Egypt and God has granted us by his mercy a gift called faith. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that word of God is about Christ. But you're not better. You just God has granted us faith to believe and to put our trust in the ultimate sacrifice, which is Jesus the Christ. So what is important about this? Because his deeds were evil and his brother were righteous. Keep going. He says, do not be surprised. And now John picks up here again about this world. Brothers and sisters, if the world hates you, we already established why the world hate us. Because we stand in the same line with Jesus, speaking out and calling people to repent out of the three-letter word that no one wants to hear called sin. Don't be surprised if the world hates you. And we know that we have passed. This is the key. That we have passed from death, thanatos, spiritual death. You know that you've passed Thanatos, spiritual death to Zoe, God's life in you, real life, Zoe life, because we have agapeo, love for brothers and sisters. And the one who does not love, the one who does not love, that remains in death. How do you know you've passed? from death, the spirit of Cain, where you're seeking revenge every time you got you turn around. So last week, guys, listen, God is not playing. Listen to me, y'all, listen to the pastor. God is real. When Chad read Luke, if you only love them that love you, Jesus said you have not even entered into the God kind of love. What God has done for us is in the gospel. It's so thorough. It's so real. It's so it's so authentic. When you reflect on the mercies of God, that should that that moves you from death to life. And you have love for your brothers and you seek to bless those around you. Even when they're persecuting you, not when they're not persecuting you. Jesus said, even when they're trying to hurt you and kill you, I still want you to bless your enemies. Why would Jesus call us to such a high calling? Why would he? Because his hand is slack where he cannot heal. Where his love is limited, where he cannot overcome good, overcome evil with good. But God says, I'm God Almighty. My love is thorough. And what was happening to me on Tuesday night, and to be honest with you, I was just caught up in the love of God. I'm just, I just love people. 
It doesn't matter. Y'all know the story. I'm not even trying to go there. It's, it's, it has nothing to do with what someone repent, say they're sorry. It has everything to do with what God has done on behalf of Alton. In view of the mercies of God that is offered to us in the gospel. That's what Paul is saying. We are to bless them who persecute us. And you say, Pastor, how do I get there? How do I get to this place where I'm loving not only my wife, my children, my grandchildren, and my enemies, my neighbors, those who, who hurt me and try to despise me, take all kinds of evil things about me? Pastor, how do I do that? Being caught up in the love of God, the mercies of God. How do we love our enemies, guys? There is no way any of us in this room can love our enemies or cross ethnically. And God is building a manifold. God is building a church here in Fairfield. See, that's what Satan knows what he does. If he can just keep the pot stirred up, he can just keep it stirred up. He, he, he's betting that people will not be able to, to reach across the lines and love each other as, as, as John has said for us to do. But here at Urban Hope, we're going deep and we're saying, God, you are the God of the manifold. There is something in the power of the gospel that can pull us out of the world that's trying to mold us to constantly having a vengeful mentality towards each other. But God says, no. Understand what I've done for you. Understand what I've saved you from. Understand what I came to Egypt in the world to get you out of. Understand it. Ask me. Reflect on it. Ask me to show you how deep my love is for you. Because brothers and sisters, I'm telling you, I've been saying this for a while. It's only going to get tense more and more. As your pastor, I'm reflecting on not on no one else's sins, but on what God has done for me. And I'm caught up in the mercies of God. What was happening to me on Tuesday night? God's mercies. What he's done for me in the gospel. How I was lost. How I had a bad heart. A heart that's prone towards evil all the time. Has a proclivity, a heart that wanders away from God. And God in his grace and mercy is always, he's worn me back to himself. And therefore, yeah, yeah, some people think, man, I don't get done wrong. I don't get sized up. Man, yes. Yes. I read the text. I expect persecution. The question is, do you? Or have you bought into a gospel that has told you that you are going to live a life free of there being no pain, no suffering? If that's the case, then Joel Osteen is your pastor. I'm serious about that. For those who will seek to live for Jesus, this is a test run. We're not going to live forever. Life is a vapor, James says, and then we're gone. So with that being said, we live to bring God glory.
by reflecting on his mercies all the time. There is no way God could all call us to bless our enemies. You see, this is how you say, Pastor, why are people not preaching on these texts? I'll tell you why. Man, the gospel is an offense to every human. Nobody wants to love their enemies. Let's be honest. How many people going through divorce is praying for their divorcee? We know that is not a natural thing to do. With all of this racial upheaval that we see in our country, who's praying for the other? That's why I say the gospel is supernatural. The church family is a supernatural thing. None of us would do this in our own flesh. None of us would, would try to. It's got to be God. Because within the flesh, no human would strive for it. No Jew and Gentile would sit down at the table of book of love and try to reconcile. No one would do that. You try to kill your enemies. As we say in the kill your haters. No one gets down on their knees and say, Father, I ask that you bless my enemy. I posted a video last week, Sunday. Ashley sent me a video of a Muslim guy that tried to kill a Christian guy. I mean, he did him really bad. Y'all should go back if you're on Facebook. I'll post it again tonight. And that guy beat him up, did all kinds of crazy stuff for him. But that guy was praying what this very thing I'm saying here in the text. Save him, Lord. Save that man. That man was a devout Muslim, hated Christians. And so he tried to do everything to, get to kill that man, but it wasn't his life to take. Many years go by, that Muslim guy comes to know Jesus called into gospel ministry, if I'm telling the story right, and goes to a conference in Egypt somewhere, and the man that he had tried to kill with all of his hate and hostility, he meets him at this conference so many years later. And that man, as he was sharing his story about what he had did and what God had saved him from, the Muslim guy who's now a Christian pastor, and this man, he, he didn't even know this is a man because it's many years. And a man said, he remembered, this, remembered that guy's name and told him the story. He said, I'm that guy that you tried to kill, but I kept praying for you. I kept praying that God would have put his blessings on you. And that man wept. You know how Christianity transformed the world? When the Romans burned them, killed them, took their homes. The Christians didn't run the courts to the lawyers. The Christians said, Lord, bless them. For they know not what they do. It's not what Jesus did. Lord, bless them. The world hasn't seen nothing like that because that's God. You want Satan? Start a civil war. That's what he does. Brother against brother. Sister against sister. But with God, good overcomes evil. And God sent his son in the world to save us out of Egypt. And he now calls us to bless those who persecute us. 
Urban Hope, I'm ending here. This has to be an anthem for us. I'm moving that building. Slewfoot don't like it. He don't like what God is doing. He don't like it at all. I'm telling you, he don't like it. But if we sit in the gospel, I mean, we sit in it, not sit with it. Why would God put this scripture here if he didn't intend for us to live it out? That's power in the gospel. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you today. Lord, um, what a sobering word. Lord, it's, it's impossible for us to love. Sorry for us to love our wives and children and family, Lord. And now you're asking us to, to love people who speaking ill of us, saying all kinds of evil things about us, trying to hurt us, trying to kill us. Lord, there's got to be so much more to this gospel glory as your children that we have not even touched. And Lord, you know that. You know that we are incapable of loving like that. We have to love out of something so deeply that it moves us. And Lord, I pray here, Holy Spirit, come to Urban Hope now. Come, Holy Spirit. Set on our hearts right now. Where our hearts have become hardened, some areas about certain things, Lord. And Lord, we're struggling to get over them. We're struggling to love out of a pure heart. We're struggling to love, as Paul says in verse 9, to love without hypocrisy. We're struggling, Lord, but come, Holy Spirit. You're real. You're the third person of the Trinity. And there are people in this room, Lord, they're struggling. Just help them right now to love the mom that passed along. Lord, there's people struggling to love their moms. There are people struggling to love their family members and people that, that they love. They, Lord, they're, they're struggling. Though they're Christians, but they're struggling. They're, the, 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 the heart is stopped up, Lord, right now. Holy Spirit, right now, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I pray that you begin to break those strongholds right now, Father that you begin to break those strongholds right now of unforgiveness, Lord God, and you will grant them the spirit of peace, the peace that comes from Jesus Christ, the transcendent peace. I pray that you will fill their heart, Lord, right now with the gospel reality and the mercy that has been lavished upon them. I pray you fill them up right now with gospel truth and with gospel love. And then it will drive out the hardness that's, that's happening in their hearts. That they will be overcome right now with the love from above. I pray that right now, Father, by the power of your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Touch hearts right now. Touch minds. Touch heads. All the way down to the soles of their feet. Fill them up, Holy Spirit, right now. Bless them right now. With the power from on high. With gospel truth. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Amen.
Brother Chad, hallelujah. See, I got the praying right there, and then, oh, that Holy Ghost came. <laughs> 